Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. 83 degrees, white puffy clouds, and lots of blue skies in Pittsburgh. Sounds like a perfect night to take a ride in the car. Let's do the drive at five. Turkey has agreed to support Sweden's bid to join NATO, according to NATO Secretary General Jen Stoltenberg this afternoon. A historic step is what it's being called. The president of Turkey agreed to send the accession protocol to the Turkish parliament for approval as soon as possible, according to the NATO chief, noting that it would ensure ratification. So says the president, Sweden will become a full member of the alliance, said Stoltenberg. The news comes after Stoltenberg held talks between the president of Turkey and the Swedish prime minister the evening before the NATO summit was slated to begin in Lithuania. President Joe Biden also spoke on Monday over the telephone with the president of Turkey. The two discussed Sweden's membership bid on the call. They decided to meet in person in Lithuania Tuesday, according to Biden's national security advisor. Another big question hanging out over to the NATO summit is whether Vladimir Zelensky is going to be there. Vladimir Zelensky is a Ukrainian president, and it could either be a galvanizing moment for the West and its support of Kiev against Russia, or it could be humiliating for them. Zelensky has yet to confirm whether he is going to be there. Last-minute decision shining a spotlight on the divisions between Kiev and foreign backers as the war is passing its 500th day. The central disagreement is whether to invite Ukraine to join NATO, and if so, when and how that might happen. A collision course right now, a battle brewing over how to fund the federal government, and it is poised to escalate this week as Congress returns from a two-week recess. House Republican majority is on a collision course with the Senate as appropriators in both chambers advance conflicting versions of a sweeping package, which must become law by September 30 to prevent a government shutdown. However, unlike the House, the Senate leaders have moved to a bipartisan path. Key senators say they intend to reassert themselves after taking a back seat in the recent debt ceiling negotiations. Yet, divisions over the U.S. and aid to Ukraine and the inclusion of GOP-backed abortion restrictions and anti-LGBTQ policies have further complicated work on a bill that has to pass knowing that there's a month-long August recess giving Congress limited time to hammer things out, seeking to appease ultra-conservative members who are angry about the budget agreement and the debt ceiling deal. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy and the House Appropriations Chair Kay Granger of Texas have announced they will pass funding at lower levels than established in the recent law. Larry Nasser, who was the disgraced sports doctor, who was convicted of sexually abusing female gymnasts, was stabbed multiple times during an altercation with another inmate at a federal prison in Florida. Nasser, 59, stabbed twice in the neck, twice in the back, six times in the chest. Also suffered a collapsed lung in the Sunday attack. Rojas, Joe Rojas, who is president of Local Union 506, which represents employees at the federal correction complex Coleman in central Florida, 
said he verified the information with the staff on duty, adding that Nasser is in stable condition. No staff or other inmates were injured. At no time was the public in danger. An internal investigation is ongoing, say officials with that prison. Air Force delaying bonuses. Why? Well, it all has to do with Space Command and its new headquarters. U.S. Air Force delaying re-enlistment bonuses and planning moves for its personnel after Alabama lawmakers blocked funding for the service amid a political quarrel over the location of the Space Command's new headquarters. The Air Force is taking actions to avoid exhausting funds. It is putting off orders for planned change of station moves for personnel, as well as bonuses for airmen who re-enlist, the Air Force said in a statement today. Quote, the Air Force continues to work through additional options to avoid the funding shortfall and will provide more information when available, it said. The decision came after Alabama lawmakers moved to curtail funding for the Air Force until the service's secretary makes a public announcement on the location of the new Space Command headquarters. The facility originally was planned for Colorado, but during the administration of President Donald Trump, the Air Force revised its plans and opted to place the headquarters in Alabama. After reviewing six possible locations, Trump has claimed credit for the change in plans. The Air Force now says it faces higher than projected personnel costs, but did not say why that was the case and did not mention recent moves in Congress to curtail funding. 1982 is when the Tylenol murders took place. Now the prime suspect in the unsolved murders has died at the age of 76. The sole suspect investigators believe is responsible for the 1982 Tylenol murders in Chicago has died. James Lewis, 76, was never charged in the seven murders, but was the only person targeted by law enforcement as a suspect for more than 40 years in the case. Police in Cambridge, Massachusetts, confirmed the department and EMS workers responded to Lewis's suburban Boston home for a call of an unresponsive person Sunday afternoon. He was later declared deceased. Seven people in Chicago were killed, ranging in age from 12 to 35 after ingesting extra-strength Tylenol capsules laced with cyanide. Lewis, who was in his 30s at the time, denied any involvement in those deaths. And Bob Higgins, Higgins, Huggins, says he never resigned as West Virginia's men's basketball coach. After a drunken driving arrest, he says he wants his job back. And that's according to a letter from his attorney to WVU. Huggins' Cleveland-based attorney, David Campbell, wrote the letter to the University Friday saying Huggins, quote, never signed a resignation letter, never communicated a resignation to anyone at WVU, end quote. That letter was obtained by the Associated Press. In it, the letter threatens a lawsuit of Huggins is not reinstated. His demands were first reported by West Virginia Network Metro News. Huggins was charged with driving under the influence here in Pittsburgh on June 16th. A breath test determined his blood alcohol content was more than twice the legal limit. His resignation was announced by the university the following night. A week later, assistant coach Josh Eilert was promoted to interim head coach for the 23-24 season. And that wraps up today's Drive at 5. Those are the stories driving headlines. It's 5.15 on the 10th of July. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.